Ah, beloved, I'm Pastor Trey, and you're now listening to the New Living Translation. This is Bonafide Bible Talk, because God speaks my language too, and I'm sure enough about to act like it. Let's go. <laughs> Y'all ready for a story right quick? So I'm out in Dallas for this conference recently. Uh, a whole bunch of preachers out there and all this stuff and I run into this one pastor who I've respected from a distance for a while never met him in person um, but I go out to greet him and I'm wearing my mask because I'm trying to be responsible and love my neighbor that was a subliminal you didn't deserve that my bad but in any case half my face is covered and I've never met this dude before but he uh, greets me and he's like wait a second I know you you're Twitter famous, which I'm not, by the way, but that's neither here nor there. And I'm like, oh, snap, like it's getting real. Somebody just recognized half my face off the Internet. And he says, you are a clown. Now, that's my worst fear realized that I won't be able to be taken seriously in life because I play too much. And that's me like in real life. If you live with me, my wife and my kids, I'm always doing too much around the house. I be pranking people. My wife is thoroughly annoyed with me all day long because I be doing this thing called the surprise trust fall all the time. She'll never ask me nothing. I be uh, gagging my kids. My daughter come up to me like, Daddy, uh, do you know where my... And I'll be like, hairbrush every time. Cut her off. It's, it's annoying. I, I gotta be terrible. It's been that way since middle school. I was getting put out of science class because I be clowning on teachers. and uh, it, it, It's bad. It's real bad. Eventually, I anticipate that one day I will grow up. I do not know when that day is, but regardless, I digress. In this moment, my fear is realized because this dude who I respect has come to me and he's like, yo, you're a clown. And I was like, dang, my heart sank a little bit. And he looked at me. He was like, I love it. Never stop. And it took me a moment to realize that, yo, this might be who I am like this might just be my wavelength and if you can't see God in that if you can't like, rock with me in whatever clownery I bring forth then that's just gonna have to be what it is and I say all that to say that I don't plan on not clowning during this little podcast and I'm sorry if that makes you feel a certain way but it is what it is I'm affirmed by the conversation we about to have today because I feel like Jesus had a little bit of clown in them too. Like people tried them, like they could do whatever. And he was like, nah, so fast, my friends. And we gonna get into that right quick. Uh, turn it to your Bible. No, I'm joking. It's not gonna be no sermonic podcast. We're not doing any of that. I'm gonna give you the Bible because y'all ain't have the copy of the Bible I'm reading from. This the New Living Translation. It ain't hit the presses yet because I ain't finished writing it yet because I ain't started writing it yet. Even though I'm not going to lie, this this week I'm kind of cheating a little bit. Y'all can read half of what I'm about to say in a blog I wrote at the end of last year. I called it Clapback Theology. And truth be told, I might even keep that episode title uh, running with this one. But neither here nor there. I want y'all to uh, rock with me for a couple moments because I think Jesus has something to say about people trying you and expecting you to respond in whatever way has been prescribed for you. And uh, that is what it is. Translation, let's talk about it. Allow me to set the scene. 
man starts making bold claims about himself. Talking cash stuff, big game. Maybe not bragging per se, but certainly not shy either. I'm the man. Get like me. And people have their natural reaction to such talk. Says who? Who do you think you are? The man replies, says my daddy, and I agree with whatever he says I am. According to the rules y'all play by, that's good enough. People hear that, and they not convinced. As a matter of fact, they kind of mad. Big mad. I heard about you. Wasn't your mama supposed to be some kind of virgin? She kept saying she was a virgin after she had you, too. Had her husband out here looking mad goofy. Speaking of, who is your daddy anyway? Disrespectful. But the man was ready. <laughs> Don't worry about it. If you know, you know. Now, they think they hit a nerve. And they file that one away. It's always good to have a solid disc in your back pocket in a tight situation. I'm not making that up. It's pretty much exactly what happens between Jesus and the religious leaders in John chapter 8, verses 12 through 19. They called Jesus a bastard to his face in public. Now, it doesn't take long before the Pharisees in this story reap what they sowed. Later on in the same chapter, verses 31 through 47, Jesus talks about how those who follow his teachings will be set free. Hit dogs start hollering. What you mean you'll set us free? Do you know who our daddy is? We children of Abraham. And Jesus replies, no, you not. If you was, you wouldn't be acting like this. Abraham won't raggedy and nasty and mean like y'all. I'm trying to get folks free and you trying to kill me. You acting like your real daddy. Jesus didn't call them bastards like they did him earlier. He said they father was the devil. <laughs> you don't know who my daddy is, but I know who your daddy is. My daddy said your daddy ugly and can't come to his birthday party. <laughs> you remember when you was little and that was like the worst thing you could say to somebody. You can't come to my birthday party. I'm sorry. Let me get back to the Bible. The Pharisees get mad. Emotional. No, -uh. we not bash this. God is our father. Seriously, I'm not making this up. I'm barely even paraphrasing right now. Check out John chapter 8, verse 41. Anyway, uh, Jesus, the clapback king, says, If God was your father, you would have recognized me, but you don't. Because your daddy's the devil. That's why me speaking facts right now got you so mad. can none of y'all accuse me of wronging. You just out here mad. Why? Because your daddy a hater, and so is you. Y'all, these are actual interactions from the Bible between the son of God and... And the religious leaders, the church folks, like the Pharisees repeatedly tried to shame and malign Jesus in public, and he wasn't having it. I think about this often, all the time when I encounter some of the more, how we say this, unlovely religious people who emboldened by both the distance and the openness of online forums decided to call me everything but a child of God because I believe that social justice is a biblical issue. I think about it because people often expect me to let these things roll off my back. After all, the word pastor is in all of my social media handles at Pastor Trey 05. Y'all can follow me there. The O is a zero. Whatever. Um, a lot of times I meet those expectations. I've been socialized to believe that I have to absorb these blows and keep it moving. Sometimes that's the wise and prudent thing to do. But 
if you would allow me to throw it back right quick and we could WWJD this situation, you know, but with Jesus, dude, and we need to entertain the reality that a good old-fashioned clapback is in the realm of possibilities. There are occasions when someone maligning your character and God-given identity merits a reply. The idea that the reply needs to satisfy the sensibilities of everyone and a mama's mama is not a biblical reality. And trying to discredit Jesus, these religious leaders, these church folks shamed his mother. She won't even bother nobody and she got dragged into this mess. They try to shame him and they deliberately crossed several boundaries habitual line steppers they cross the line on purpose the line of neighborly respectful behavior and the response wasn't one to turn in the other cheek the situation required jesus highlighting the fact that these people won't who they were pretending to be so right now in 2021 if you dare to follow Jesus's example of radical love and transformation, then you're going to find yourself at odds with a fair amount of people. And a lot of them people are going to be religious. They're going to be church folk. They're going to call themselves orthodox. They're going to be gatekeepers. Some of them are going to try you publicly with this veneer, this facade, this charade of civility and righteousness. How you respond is up to you. But as for me, I'm going to talk about their daddy. Ha! Yo, let me be transparent with y'all real quick. I struggle with whether or not I should use the word bastard in this podcast. And then after I decided to use it, I was like, dang, do I need to mark this episode as explicit? Because I don't know who's watching. I don't know whose children is around. Then I sat and I reckoned with the fact that if you take your children to church, you need to be comfortable with them hearing what's in the Bible. The Bible is explicit, y'all. There's all sorts of crazy stuff. I don't need to give the game away too much because I got a whole lot more episodes to make on this thing. And we're going to talk about some stuff. But one goal of mine is to shake us out of this sense of the Bible being this sterile children's book that adults can happen to rock with. You feel me? When Shrek came out. One of the things that made it such a hit was that kids found it entertaining and amusing. Like, oh man, this is awesome, the ogre. But they also wrote in some adult jokes in that thing where kids wouldn't necessarily understand what was happening, but adults would appreciate it. In a lot of ways, the Bible displays the same mastery. Now, please don't take me out of context. Oh, you saying the Bible is like a Pixar movie? Not all the way, but in some sense, it's shoot. Like, why not? What's wrong with that? There's so much in the Bible that we miss because we never grow past that infantile stage of, you know, okay, <laughs> I'm about to get myself in trouble. Some of y'all may have heard the Bible, B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving earth. One of the things that I hope to do with the New Living Translation is to disabuse us of that notion because we rob ourselves of so much of the fullness of the word shared within that text when we view it like that. This is not a car manual. It is a collection of letters written by people who experienced real life events and had to process them and discern the hand and the presence of God in their lives. And sometimes that ain't always pretty. 
if the words uh, bastard and stuff like that offend you. So I need to make sure that in my will, I have them burn all of my journals because some of them words is going to offend y'all little virgin ears. Um, and let me stop saying y'all. I don't mean to sound accusatory, but I do hope that we can have real life conversations about what's transpiring, because while the word bastard may not have existed in biblical times and it may not have used any one particular word that was the equivalent, the sentiment is the same. What we just witnessed having was people try to needle at Jesus, who we believe is the Christ. Well, I don't want to assume nothing. You might believe he's the Christ. You might not. Who I believe is the Christ. Who many Christians believe is the Christ. A group of people sat there and questioned, not questioned, they insulted the legitimacy of his birth, of his person. They dehumanized him because of circumstances they didn't fully understand. And that's a whole word right there. So I'm trying to shake myself of the idea that I can't touch on certain things because they offend some of our sensibilities because the Bible offends a whole lot of sensibilities in a whole lot of different ways. My prayer for us is that we can embrace the Bible in all of its messiness in some corners, in all of its rawness in most corners, and that we can find the places where we can relate to it. Because I believe that God talks to me in my language. And that's what I've seen in these scriptures. So that's why I'm sharing with y'all. It is what it is, y'all. Bonafide Bible Talk. Let's go. Translation is a production of three black men, the podcast about theology, culture, and the world around us. You can follow us on Twitter at three black men. That's the number three, not spelled out black men. You can find me on all social media platforms at Pastor Trey 05. That's Pastor Trey 05. Don't send me no Facebook requests, though. Like, I don't be over there. That's the bad place. This work has been made possible by a community of folks who've chosen to show their support through generosity. You can join us at patreon.com slash three black men. Spell three out that time, though. Patreon.com slash three black men. There you can find even more original content from Sam, Rob, and yours truly. Make sure you subscribe to, rate, and review the New Living Translation and Three Black Men wherever you get your podcast. And remember, real recognize real. Don't get caught looking unfamiliar.